How y'all doing this morning? That good, huh? That was like that was like the golf clap at like the Masters or something. Actually, I think they get better than that. How you guys doing this morning? Okay, there's my church. Hey, well, my name is Shayla. I am actually Pastor TJ's wife, and I get to have the honor of continuing this series today, Voices, and I'm super excited about bringing God's Word this morning. You know, sometimes I feel like when you read the Bible, sometimes is it a little bit confusing? You know, you're like, I'm not really sure how this applies to my life. Where do I get started? How do I dive into this? And, and so many times we pick up the Bible and sometimes it just kind of leaves us going, yeah, I'm not really sure. But the more we make a practice of like reading God's word and understanding God's word and diving into God's word, you know, the Bible says is that God's word is alive and active. And do you know what that means? It means that it has something specifically for each and every one of our situations. And every single year, you know, I... I, read the Bible every day, and I try to read the Bible through each year, and, and it's so crazy because we walk through different seasons in life, and we experience different things in life, and I feel like every single time I open the Bible to read, I could read the same story in a different season. It has a completely different meaning to my life because I'm walking through different things, which is why I think it says it's alive and active is because it's something that is specific for us in every single season that we're walking walking through. And in this recent season that I've been walking through, God has brought a story in the Bible just to a very different light in my life. And I want to share that story with you this morning. But how many of you guys have walked through something in life and you've just, have you ever felt like you just want to throw in the towel? Just like, I'm done, four of you. Awesome. Okay. Great. You guys are a very responsive crowd this morning. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I feel like life is a little bit like this little boy, and it's just kind of like, I, I just, you try so hard. And you just like, you, you try and you try again. It's just like, it's, it's, it's just out of reach. Poor little buddy. He just like keeps going and, and just can't get his drink of water. But life feels like that a lot. It's like we make all of these effort, and there's, there's things that are uncontrollable. There's things that we're trying to do. There's financial issues. There's relational issues. There's work issues. There's things that are out of control in life that we just keep trying and trying and trying, and it just doesn't seem to pan out. Anybody with me? Yay, more of you. Okay, okay. I mean, not that I want you to be in a bad spot, but at least you can relate. But I want to talk to you guys about this, this story in the Bible about this woman who probably felt or feels the same way that you and I do in those seasons of life. And I think she actually may have even had it a little bit worse than the things that we face in, in our everyday life. And this story is out of the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. So if you guys will open your Bibles with me, you can follow along in your notes on the screen. There's an app called YouVersion that all of our notes are in there if you want to take notes in there. But I'm going to read this story out loud to you guys, so kind of lean in and bear with me. But it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and all the women were like, oh, heck no. And all the men too. 
<laughs> she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Twelve years. I think it's actually kind of funny that says she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. I'm like, man, sometimes I feel like I suffer from the doctors too. You know, like, okay, nobody can relate to that either. So she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples, sometimes little smart Alex, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it, and then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, I want to share with you guys a few key principles that I think we can learn from this story. And here's the first thing that I think this woman displays so beautifully that you and I can learn from in our situations that seem beyond hope, that seem difficult, that seem challenging, that seem like we have no control over. And she displays this beautifully is a refusal to give up. Twelve years 12 years she suffered with it. She spent every single dime that she had. It wasn't getting better. It was actually getting worse. But yet she is keeping on going. She has a refusal to give up. Some of you guys have struggled for 12 minutes and you are ready to give up. And there's some of you guys that have been struggling a lifetime. You've been struggling with a health issue for a very long time and you just can't see how you're going to be on the other side of it and you've been walking through suffering and difficulty. You've been walking through family issues, relational issues, financial issues. There are things that surround us that feel like they are overcoming us, but this woman has this tenacity and this refusal to give up. And so many times in the middle of our situations where it just seems like it's beyond hope, we have a tendency to feel like just throwing in the towel. But here's what I have realized in life, and here's what I've realized from this woman, that giving up doesn't make the problem go away. It just prolongs it. But yet so many times in the middle of it, we're tempted to throw in the towel, to isolate, to get away from the problem, to ignore the problem. But this woman has a refusal to give up. And let me tell you something. If you're fighting an addiction, refuse to give up. If you are facing challenges in your finances, if you are facing financial pressures, years of financial pressures, refuse to give up. The relationship that is failing that you've tried over and over and over again. Listen, refuse to give up. The child that you've tried to, to get to a better place that continues to walk away or continues to make bad decisions, refuse to give up on that child. 
This woman has this determination and this refusal to give up on her healing, on her future, on her victory. Twelve years. And she's refusing to give up and she just decides, you know what, I've tried all of the the logical things. I've tried going to the doctor. I've tried getting healing. I've tried all of this. And there's this guy named Jesus. Maybe if I can just get to Jesus. And I want to tell you something today. If you can just get to Jesus, one touch from Jesus, one word from Jesus, one encounter with Jesus can change everything. And so many of us run to all the natural solutions rather than running to the very solution that can solve it all. And listen, you're in this place today for one of two reasons. Either you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian, or maybe you're here because you're like, man, I need something else in life and let me just check out this church thing. And listen, no matter where you're at on that spectrum, you're in a place where Jesus can bring healing to your life if you will begin to seek that as your solution and not to give up and to run away. She says, if I could just get to Jesus, If I could just touch him, if I could just touch a piece of his robe, then maybe, just maybe, I will be healing. And some of us need to get a desperation in our life in order to begin to do some things that we wouldn't normally do to hopefully find some victory and some healing. So this woman had heard of Jesus which I'm sure a lot of people in this town had heard of Jesus. It says that she pressed her way through the crowd. So I'm sure there's a group of people that are surrounding Jesus because everybody has heard of this prophet that going town to town to town that is performing miracles and healing people. So he is surrounded by this crowd. And the only way that this woman can get to Jesus is if she moves her way through the crowd, and the only place that she was going to find him was in the crowd. Which brings me to the second thing that I notice in her life that I think we can learn from, and that's this, we have to risk the crowd. You know, the crazy thing is that this woman... In this day and age, it was under the law of Moses, and because she was suffering from this illness and because she was bleeding, she would have been deemed unclean. So for 12 years, this woman had been unclean, and and the law of Moses actually, she wouldn't have been able to, to go out into public, to go to the synagogue. She wouldn't be able to go to church. She wouldn't be able to have interaction with any. Nobody could even touch this woman because she was deemed unclean. As a matter of fact, when she would go out into public, in order for her to get into this crowd, she would have had to, according to the law of Moses, yell out her uncleanliness. She would have had to walk into that crowd going, unclean, unclean. She had to take a huge risk to get into that crowd. What if we had to walk around shouting out our issues? Insecure. I'm insecure. Liar. Cheater. I'm unfaithful. What if we had 
to walk around shouting out our issue, our sin, our label. This woman risked everything to step into the crowd so that she could find Jesus and healing. And when I read this story, I, I, this is the realization I had when I, when I read this story. This crowd that she risks to get into, the crowd is much like community. And so much of community, what, what God does through community is he helps people find Jesus and healing. You know, the Bible says in James 5.16, confess your sins to who? each other. Confess your issues to each other. Confess your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. Where is healing found? In community. In order for this woman to gain healing, she had to risk getting into the crowd. And see, there's so many of us, thank God we don't have to walk around shouting out our issue. But do you know what happens and why so many of us don't risk the crowd and we risk community? Is because it's not that we have to shout out our issue, it's because our issue is shouting inside of us. And the label that has defined us and our insecurities and our sin and our mistakes and our worry and our fears and our anxieties and our social awkwardness, we're all socially awkward, okay? All of those things that We've had labels over our life are shouting on the inside and it hinders us from risking and stepping into the crowd or stepping into community. And we have this misconception, I think, so many times about community or about the crowd. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have issues in here? Oh my gosh. Do you guys know you're in church? I thought church people were perfect. I thought we all had it together. It's a misconception that we have so many times, but here's the reality that the crowd that was following Jesus, the crowd that she had to step into to it and announce her issues as she stepped into that crowd was full of people that needed healing because they were following after Jesus for a miracle because they needed something. But yet so many times when we're in the middle of our issues and we're in the middle of our challenges, what do we do? We shrink back from the crowd. We shrink back from community. We begin to isolate ourselves. Because I don't know about you, when I'm walking through something, I don't necessarily want to be with a group of people. But do you know what? That's exactly what the enemy wants for you to be isolated. So that he can defeat you, so that he can discourage you, so that he can get you to give up in the middle of your mess. But this woman, I, I, I seriously doubt that the place that she wanted to be was in the middle of the crowd, but it was in the crowd that she found Jesus and she found healing. And I think that community is vital to healing in our life. You know, as a church, one of our main values that you will hear us talk about so many times is this, we do life together. Because we believe that real life change, it doesn't happen sitting in rows here on a Sunday morning. Where it happens is in circles and in homes. Life change happens in the context of relationship. 
where we can walk alongside of each other, we can challenge each other, we can encourage each other, we can call each other out when we're kind of believing the wrong things. Life change happens in the context of relationships. And you will hear us all the time push connect groups and serving is because we know that relationships and when we can connect you in community, the greatest life change will happen for you. We're launching connect groups this weekend, and I'm going to take a second to plug connect groups. You guys have a connect group book on every single one of your seats. I want to encourage you to find a group and get connected. And I would even go as far as to say we believe in in community and relationships so much that I would tell you that if you had a choice, I would rather you go to a connect group than come here on a Sunday morning. Because that's how much I believe that relationships bring life change in our life. If you talk to people that have been part of a connect group or walk through a difficult season in life, they will tell you that community was one of the greatest resources to get them through it. We have to risk the crowd to find healing, to find hope, to find restoration. And what I find so interesting in this story is that when she gets into the crowd, all she does is touch Jesus, and she gets exactly what she needed. She was healed, the bleeding stopped, one touch, and everything changed. So she got her healing when she touched Jesus, and most of us would stop there. But the story doesn't stop there. And I find it so interesting that she gained this healing and she could have just stepped out of the crowd and gone home and I'm healed. Jesus didn't need to recognize that healing, but he felt this power go out of him. He felt this healing power go out of him. But why did he stand there and did he acknowledge her healing? It was done. It was finished. She could have went home knowing that my body is healed. I felt it. It's done. The miracle happened. So why did Jesus validate her healing in the middle of the crowd? And I think it's for a couple reasons. You know, I want to talk to some of you guys that you're in a place where you are healed. You are healthy. There are good things happening in life. You know, a lot of times at at church, we talk about those of us that are broken and busted and we're in challenges and all of that, and we need to to talk about those things. But I want to talk to you guys who feel like you're in a good place, a healthy place, a whole place. Because I think the reason that Jesus validates this healing in the middle of the crowd when he didn't have to because the crowd needed to see her healing. See, this woman knew she was healed, but she was going to go home with the same label that everybody else saw her at. Nobody else knew she was healed. Nobody else knew what took place in her body. Only she did. So this woman who has suffered with this issue for 12 years is now healed, but people still see her the same way. 
She's still isolated. She's still alone. She still has, has no community. But yet Jesus validates her in the middle of the crowd, and she didn't run away. She stayed in the middle of the crowd. And here's what I want to tell you that have been healed. You need to recognize your healing. See, when Jesus validates her and when everybody else sees her healing, her label is changed in a moment. Her future, her identity is changed in that instant. Here's the other reason I think Jesus validates that healing in that crowd. It's because other people needed to find encouragement from her healing. Other people needed to to see that happen and to find strength and belief for their own life. And there are some of you guys that are on the other side. You're in a healthy place. You're in a whole place. And there are people that are in their mess that need to see your healing. They need to see that there is hope on the other side. They need to see that there is strength on the other side. They need to see that there is victory on the other side. When you gain healing, you don't leave the crowd. You draw people into the crowd. You know, I hear so many people say when we launch connect groups and we put this kind of stuff out for people to connect in relationship or start serving or any of those things. I hear people that have life together, have good things going on. I hear them so many times say, you know what, Sheila, I'm good. I don't, I don't really need that right now. Like I'm in a really good place. I'm, I'm, I'm in a healthy place. Like I don't really need to, to get connected like that. And, and, and you begin to back up. But what I would say is you might need it, but somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. You know, last night, I was talking to a woman that is going through just unimaginable things. And she said to me, she goes, Shayla, thank you so much for telling people that are healthy that somebody else needs them. Because she, she goes, Shayla, I need to know that there's people that have overcome this. I need to know that there's people on the other side that are healed, that have had victory. Like, I need to hear their stories. In Revelations, it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Listen, your, your testimony, your story, your victory, people need to hear that so that they can have hope and encouragement and life breathed into them. So whether you find yourself in a healthy place or a healed place, get in the crowd. Help people find healing. Get healing. You know, I I read this quote one time that says, when you have more than you need, Build a longer table, not a higher fence. You know, we have a tendency 
to isolate ourselves in either space. But man, people need a seat at the table. They need to know that there's healing. They need to know that there's hope. They need a place to come into that is safe and welcoming and encouraging. And it's in the crowd that we can find healing and we can find hope. And there is nothing like the community of the local church. You know, many years ago, probably about 12 years ago, I'm the oldest of six kids. Some of you guys will have heard this story, but I don't care. I'm going to tell it again. I'm the oldest of six kids, and my sister right underneath me, Shannon, she was getting married. And she was getting married to this amazing man named Mark, and he was, he was like perfect for her. Like, we were so excited about what their life was going to look like, what their future was going to look like. And it was their wedding day. And I remember being at my grandparents' house. My grandparents had this beautiful piece of property on the river. And we were upstairs at their house, and we were getting ready. And Shannon came out with her wedding dress. And it's just like one of those things that she was gorgeous. And I remember looking out the window and seeing the guests arriving and everybody taking their seats. And as we got closer to the wedding, it was about five minutes till the wedding and more and more guests are arriving and sitting down, but the groom wasn't there yet. And we got closer and closer and it, like the, the wedding music starts playing. And Mark's not there yet. I remember seeing our pastor's wife at the time walk up the stairs. And she came in and she looked at my sister. And she said, Shannon, Mark's been in a car accident. And he's being airlifted to the hospital. And I remember seeing my sister in that moment go limp. And after a little while, she gained enough strength to just kind of gather up her dress, and she ran out to the car with my parents, and they got in the car, and they were driving to the hospital. And TJ and I gathered up the rest of my brothers and sisters, and we put them in the car, and we follow after my parents. And I'll never forget walking into the hospital, and they said, Shayla, Mark died in the helicopter on her wedding day. And I remember going to find my sister and walking into this room or peering through the window of this room and just seeing my sister just beating her fist on a wall, saying, Why me? Why my life? Why this day? Just so desperate. And in the days and weeks and months that follow that, I saw the power of the local church. 
And I saw the power of community at work. Because there wasn't a day that went by that somebody didn't bring a meal, that somebody didn't come visit, that somebody didn't call, that somebody didn't come to take care of the dog or the kids or, or something, that somebody wasn't beside us, locking arms with us to begin to carry the load. And I'll tell you, my sister now, she's happily married. She's got an amazing life. Like, there's amazing things happening for her. But what I realized in that journey that I walked with my family and how I saw the local church and my community rally around me is I felt bad for people that didn't have that. I was asking myself, how do people walk through these things without community, without the church, without Jesus? And let me tell you guys something. It is not a matter of if we're going to walk through challenges in life. It is a matter of when. And one of the greatest resources that we have as people is relationships and community. And if you are not walking through something right now, then there is somebody that needs you. And if you're walking through something right now, man, there are people that are ready to be able to engage in relationship with you. There is healing in relationships. I know that it's scary. I know that it's difficult to, to put yourself out there and to, to risk. But the reward far outweighs the risk. And if we will just be like this woman and refuse to give up and risk the crowd, but respond to the healing, we will see some whole and fulfilled lives. If we can do this together. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes today? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your design of relationships. God, there is nothing greater than being in community. And Lord, we thank you that, that you have designed us first and foremost for a relationship with you. God is the thing that brings us hope and peace regardless of what happens in our life. But God, we thank you for the people that are present, that help us heal, that help us recover when life gets tough. Lord, I pray that you would give every single person in here, regardless of if they're at a, a healed place or a broken place, the courage to risk the crowd, to be present in community, to be the answer to somebody's prayer. And God, that you would challenge us to get uncomfortable and to engage in your design for our life, which is relationship. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray.